when you value what you do, when you believe in yourself and you know you'll fix any problem, 99% of the time people are going to be great, right? You just need to listen. my friends the ultimate od podcast you get to see my smiling face if you're on youtube or apple remember we have a video version now we have an amazing episode i am talking about one of my deepest darkest battles that i had when i started my own private practice i know you're fighting this at times let me tell you how i dealt with it how you can relieve this anxiety from your life a little office talk the closing thought of the episode this is the ultimate od podcast here we Friends, the Ultimate OD Podcast. Oh, it's going to be fun tonight. I love talking about optometry. I love interacting with you. Our community is growing beyond belief. I love the fact now that we're on video. So we're on YouTube. Spotify has video. And then we're still audio only and Apple, all the other places you get your podcast at. However, I am very much looking forward to being able to see your smiling faces. Right now you can see mine. Here I am. Uh, I did cut my hair today because now I'm on video. Got to tighten stuff up for you. But the Ultimate OD Mastermind Group, it's filling up quickly. So please, if you're interested, send an email to drlily at theultimateod.com. We'll give you a uh, information. We're trying to get like doctors together. So gears in practice, goals, people I think that will complement each other. We're going to help everyone get better to grow. Good doctors have already signed up. You don't want to miss this. It's free. Nothing to lose. Only can get better. So send me an email. We'll go from there. Also, remember, I love to help you out if you want you know, feedback. If you listen to an episode, you have questions, send me an email. I love to answer those. I text you. We can call. Whatever you need, I'm here to help out. I have a lot of my friends that I'm coaching, a lot of doctors that I've just recently met. I give you tips and tricks, things that I've experienced. If nothing else, I can give you perspective or tell you, yes, that's exactly what I would do. Keep doing more of that. The beauty about optometry is it's kind of universal to an extent, but you can put your own special twist on it and make it that much better. Okay, that being said, today it's kind of a walk down memory lane. I've, I've had a couple things happen this past week or two that opened my eyes, made me remember what it was like when I first started. I saw some posts, as I told you, the OSD docs on uh, Facebook, the dry eye form, love that. Great information, good stuff. I'll peruse ODs on finance every now and then, but just a different different cat in that in that chat. They're uh, it's just different. It's not necessarily my thing, but I like to read what's going on. But a couple of things I read. I hope you're listening. I hope you listen to this podcast because it's going to help. Because I was there too. All right. So have you ever had something happen in your life, whether it's in the office or? You know, in your personal life, in school, and it happened and you didn't have to deal with it right then, but it was going to happen, you know, one, two, three, four days down the road, a week or two, and you just dread it. You couldn't think about anything else. You try to just clear your head to enjoy the moment, but all you could think about was that one thing. 
All right, let me give you some personal experiences. For me, early on in practice, when I had a patient that had an RX check, seriously, just an RX check. Oh, what did I do? How how did this happen? They're going to think I suck. I I just have to justify why it wasn't me. They gave me a, a, the wrong answers, right? Or if a patient wasn't happy with their glasses or some fee we had, I took it so stinking personally, right? If I go to Costco or if I go to Best Buy, a restaurant, and something's not right, I'm not blaming the I may blame the waiter, I may meet, but it's not their fault. It's inherently something along the line of events that made this happen, right? We have to have that ability to separate, but this just kept happening. I, I would dwell on it so much that I couldn't move on. My mind would race. Are they going to tell someone I know? Are they going to tell other people? Are people ever going to come back into the office again? I was really afraid of that. Like, is, is the whole business over? And then when you're first starting, remember, you don't know when they're going to come back. Like it takes 18 to 24 months. If you're really good, you get them in about 13 months, right? But it takes time for them to come back. All the work you do years one and two don't come to fruition until three and four, right? Time is our best friend. But when you're starting off, time is your enemy. You have nothing but time on your hands and you don't know if people are going to come in, what your day is going to look like. You want consistency and you have none of that. I'll admit I was very, this is all self-induced, very insecure in how I felt underneath, like imposter syndrome just setting in. Now, in reality, I'd owned the room. I was very confident. I could lead my staff. I've gotten a lot better at that. But this is me. This is internal. This is something that you can't see, and it's something you deal with on your own. I'll tell you this right now. You're not the only one. Going back to when I played football. Just a brief story, but kind of illustrates the point. When I went to my first camp, you know, back then they had three days. Now it's like cake. They don't hit. There are certain times when you can have full pads and no pads. You have, you know, just helmets the first few. We were full pads, three days going after it. And to tell you the truth, it sucked. I loved football. I loved everything about it. I was so excited. I got there and it was hard. And I looked around. And everyone else just looked normal, right? They didn't look like they were feeling it. I was like, man, I'm the only one feeling like this. And then probably day three, end of the first week, guys started dropping. Like they were, no, they, they weren't showing up anymore. They were gone. And I started to realize, whoa, they're feeling it too. But they couldn't follow, they couldn't fight through it. They couldn't keep going, Right. And then as I went to my first spring ball, I went through my next camp, I looked at all the freshmen, all the new people coming in, and I just knew where they were at. I'm like, you know, 75% of these people won't graduate playing football. They'll graduate school, but they're not going to fight through. They're not going to finish. Because they're going to let that little self-doubt, that little bit of discomfort change what they do, change what they love. Now, remember this when you're starting a practice because you don't start a private practice unless you absolutely love optometry. You love something about that business, okay? So, know you're not alone. Talk to someone. Talk to a colleague. Send me an email. I've done this for so many years. I can give you perspective. But don't think you're alone, all right? Keep going forward and you're going to get better. So, what did I do? I changed my mindset, all right? I own it. Like if there's an issue, it happens, 
It's not that there's a problem that happened. It's how you deal with it. That's the crucial thing to make it palatable, make you get through it. Any problem that arises, I know I can fix it. All right. Now, early on, I would discount them, uh, not charge, comp things. But because I was approaching it from the perspective that I was at fault, it was never enough. Right. I didn't value my expertise. And the same token, because I didn't value my expertise and I charged low amounts for the exam, all these things, it was accumulation of things that I didn't have the best patience. They were going to find fault no matter what I did. And that's what I didn't realize. Okay. When you value what you do, when you believe in yourself and you know you'll fix any problem, 99% of the time people are going to be great, right? You just need to listen. The majority of patients, when they have a problem, are simply worried that they're going to have a pair of glasses, a pair of contacts, and have to go through another year because they didn't they didn't get it right. They think, I use my vision insurance once a year, and they've had a bad experience in the past, or they went to a corporate entity and they've just been blown off. If you listen, one, you're going to set yourself apart, they're going to be a patient for life, and two, they'll calm down a little bit. They'll be like, oh, all right, he's here to help me. So listen, find out what their issue is, outline the options, and pick the best option for them. Let me give you some examples of patients that I've done this with, okay? So I had a patient that came in and she needed her glasses adjusted. My staff did it. And she came in the next day and the next day. Literally, she came in probably every day or every other day for two or three weeks. And I was in and out and, you know, I saw her at like the that end of the second week and I asked one of my opticians like, hey, what's going on? And she's like, I'm like, is it a vision thing? Is it her glasses? And she's like, no, it's just she can't get it to feel right. So I told my staff member, hey, next time she comes in, ask her if she wants a different frame. And when she came in, the staff member said, hey, this is not working no matter what we do. We're not getting this the way you want it. Would you like to just pick a different frame? And the patient's like, oh, no, I, I can't afford that or whatnot. And I'm like, no, no, this is on us. Pick a different frame. We're going to take care of you. She's like, oh, really? She did it and ecstatic, happy, amazing, right? Now, things to realize. You need to know what your lab will do. Sometimes they'll let you restyle a patient. There's no cost, right? You can do the patient a solid and you're not going to get charged. Sometimes you get charged 50%. You have to know what the situation is and what you're willing to do. When you're having a good month, it's much easier to say, hey, we'll restyle you. When you first start off and every penny matters, you know you have profit, but you have to pay the light bill. You have to pay your staff. You're not having a lot of income in. It's a lot harder, right? You're going to fight to make that switch. So know what your lab will do with you, okay? Make sure that you know what this is going to cost you on the back end before you put an option out there. But I'll tell you this. Take care of the patient. We took care of her. And then, I kid you not, within the next three months, I've had three patients come in that she's referred. She spoke so highly of us in that experience that we got more patients in because of that. Now, I didn't expect that to happen. I just wanted to do what was right for her. 
I slept better at night knowing that this headache was over and we took care of it. All right. I had another patient and essentially she got her first, she had glasses from us. She got them two years ago and then she got another pair of glasses, went a little bit bigger on the frame, did a not that much difference in prescription, but got a new frame and we always call patients at three days. Another thing, a little tip to do is always reach out and find out if there's an issue. You're not asking if there's problems. Do you have any questions? But follow up, do that extra bit of customer service. It goes a long way. You don't want them, one, not telling you there's a problem and going somewhere else. Or two, getting all worked up, getting their you know frustration on and telling everyone around, I got these new glasses and they suck. Right? So call and find out if there's an issue. We called. We found out that, you know, she's like, oh, it just feels off. It's different. I don't think the prescription's right. And I called her and I said, hey, you know, I know there wasn't a huge change. Uh, I want you to wear them for another week. In a week, I'm going to put you on the schedule as an RX check. If it's great, don't come in. If it's better, then good. You're good to go. She's like, oh, all right. I'm like, is there anything else going on? Like, well, this frame is a little bit bigger than what I what I thought, and I, I don't know if I like it. I'm like, so is it a frame issue or is it a vision issue? And she's like, it might actually be a frame issue. I'm like, all right, that's fine. I'm still going to have you wear them for a week. I'll switch the frame, no cost to you. Don't worry about that. I'll switch the frame, but I want to make one change one time. If I have to make a second change, there might be a little bit of cost. So wear these. Let's see if the prescription is better for you. She warm for the week. Uh, I looked at my schedule when I came in. It might have been like a Tuesday. Monday, I, I left when I was done. Tuesday, she was on the schedule when I left. When I got back, she was on there talking to one of my staff members. Hey, what, what happened to X, Y, or Z? And they're like, oh, she called. She is doing great. She adapted to the prescription. She loves the frame now. It's a win. Know why it helped or why it worked? Because she knew... She had no pressure. She was going to get taken care of. I was going to help her and make sure that the prescription was right. And two, if she didn't like the frame, we we're going to fix that for her. All right. So that's where I took my anxiety, my worry, and said, I just know we're going to fix this. Whatever it takes, I can sleep at night. Now, realize you do that. What did I say? 99% of the people are going to be amazing. They're going to be awesome. It's going to go fine. 1% of people are going to suck. It just happens. There's people that just aren't happy or they're not going to mesh well with you or the office. Something. Realize it's not you. They have something going on. There's an issue. And this is how they're projecting it onto you. Don't take it personally. Easier said than done, but get some thick skin. Realize it's not a you thing. All right. So I had a guy that had... First pair of glasses. Came in, explained everything to him like, hey, first pair of glasses, what do you do? What do you do for work? And he was, did flooring. And I'm like, all right, you do flooring. Are you on ladders? Are you going up and down? She's like, not too much, but I am kind of looking all over. I go, all right, if you do a multifocal option, the line bifocal will be easier for you to navigate. First pair of glasses than a progressive. With a progressive, you don't really know where to look. He was a big eye mover. He was a hyper up as well. So I just have had better experience with flat tops. And again, cost was a little bit of an issue. So I'm like, all right, we'll do we'll do that. So put him in a line bifocal. And I, I was very conscious. I've done this enough. 
what focal length do you want it to be? If I make it right here, you're going to have to get that close on everything that you're looking at, right? You're going to have to move up real close. So we set a little bit longer focal length because he needed it for work. Tried to explain this, went out there, had a million questions for my optician. She did amazing. Very impressed with her. Uh, he picked out a frame, we ordered it, and then we were able to put a pause on it because he's like, he was a big, I don't care what frame, I don't care about style. And then he picked like a half frame. He's like, oh, wait, I want a full frame or worry about them being too flimsy. All right. Came in the second time when he switched his frame. I'm like, hey, make sure you pick something you like because you do care. He's like, well, I don't care about style. Well, you care about function. You wouldn't be here if you didn't. Came in, got his pair of glasses. And within one day, he was calling. He's like, this this is not going to work. I X, Y, or Z. He couldn't see at a certain length, but he wanted to read at a certain distance. And he just wanted to have a trifocal. Why wasn't the trifocal talked about or a progressive? So we had him come in, kind of went over all our situation. What do you want? And we ended up going to a uh, a progressive. Throughout this, a lot of questions. Like, because he had the insurance, we called. They let us do a one-time remake and... Because he was on a flat top, he paid less. He was going to a progressive. He just paid the difference. I didn't know that at the time. I thought he was a cash patient or did, did something else. So I saw him like, hey, you know, we're going to take care of you. If you need a new frame or something like that, we'll, we'll hook it up and go. Then I, my optician looked into it, said, hey, he's covered with the insurance. We can use the insurance and we don't have to like do anything on our end. They're going to take care of it. So like, great, call him up, let him know everything that I said to him. We don't have to worry about, he only has to pay what he would have paid had he done it from the get-go. So in my mind, he's going to be happy. It's just like he never got that line bifocal. Well, he comes in and just very questioning. Long story short, he came in trying to make him happy. We talked him through it. My optician did great, left, and I'm like, just sit on that. And sure enough, about three hours later, he called. He's like, he paid for everything. Don't order it. I just want to think things through. I don't know what's going on. And as you can see, we've already made two or three switches to try and make this guy happy. We're not winning. He's in that 1%. So I told my optician, hey, let him know. We apologize that we weren't able to give him the pair of glasses that he needed with what he's looking for, we're probably not the right office for him. We refunded his money. We called the insurance, gave him all his benefits back. He returned the glasses. He fought over. He's like, why are you guys kicking me out? It's not that we're kicking out. It's just we can't make the accommodations that you want. We're unable to fulfill this. What am I doing in this scenario? I'm honestly just removing a headache, right? $200, like not even $200. Like hundred to hundred fifty dollars, whatever the cost is on that. Like I'm out, right? How much will you pay to remove a headache from your life? Think about that. Instead of dwelling on it, making it a huge issue, I just said, let's get this off my plate. And there's tons of things that will come up over the course of, you know, one, two, three, four, five years. This happens maybe once a year. There's just one patient that is that one percent, and instead of you know, bending over backwards, doing everything you can, taking loss after loss after loss, just cut your ties. Let them go. Give them their money back. You apologize. We weren't able to make you happy. Here's a refund. Even if they give you a, a bad review, thank you for, you know, filling us in on this. 
as we talked about, we weren't able to make you happy. That's why we gave you a full refund. We don't want you to pay for something that you're not completely satisfied with. Any reasonable person that reads that is going to think, well, there was an issue. They took care of them, right? If they don't, you know, if this is a thing that keeps on happening, you need to look at your processes and what's going on. But if it's once a year, if it's very rare, don't waste your energy. Don't waste your worry on something so insignificant, right? Detach yourself. Those are two examples that I can give you where, you know what, taking care of them and the 99% is happy and appreciative or the 1%, get rid of them. Don't worry about it. Move on with your life. Take care of the people that want to be taken care of. Think about that, but this was huge for me to grow and truly love what I'm doing. If you're early in this, if you've been doing this for years and you're still struggling with that, like I said, take this mindset and take care of that 99%. Listen, give them outcomes, value what you do. You are the expert. And two, get rid of that 1%. Think about it. I'll have more for you next week. my friends a little office talk oh things are good right now i am moving to the next level of my business okay i've been a one doctor practice that has done a lot of the day-to-day right i am slowly but surely pulling myself out of the operations and taking that ceo mindset now i'm still going to be seeing patients so my nine to five when i'm in the exam room That's me working in the office. But I am going to take more and more of my energy and put it towards culture, people, numbers, growing the business, right? I love that. It's fun for me. This will give me more time to spend with my family. My kids are seven, five, three, and one. I want nothing more to be with them as much as I possibly can during these years. It's going to go fast and I want to take full advantage of it. How do I do that? get great systems in place, get great people on my team, give them power, let them run the business. I'm going to oversee the direction of the ship, but they're going to handle the day-to-day getting out of operations. All right, so thinking about that, one of the things that's been in my head is the sales funnel, if you will, okay? I need to see as many people as possible to grow my business, right? I've been thinking a lot about managed care, hearing about people knock them off, get rid of vision care plans. But even when I hear that, they're switching how they give care. They're spending an hour with a patient. I would hate that mode of practice. Like I get you can give a better exam, but I like a little bit of volume. I don't want to be a turn and burn corporate entity, but I still like to be busy. I like to see patients. I like the variety. I like the conversation. So managed care can work within that. You just have to make sure you do it right. In my office, medical optometry, dry eye is my number one focus. I think the ocular surface is absolutely fascinating. Look at my YouTube channel. We're making a lot of, for Family Vision Optical, we're making a lot of videos. Rejuvenation Dry Eye Center is going to be coming to to market, if you will. It's already been in action, but truly branding it, marketing it, making that big in the next uh you know, Q3, Q4, we'll actually have that out there. It's an exciting time. So in order to get those patients, what do I have to do? Comprehensive eye exams. How do I get comprehensive eye exams? Managed care is a vehicle that allows me to do that. Okay, so I'm taking full advantage of getting people in and 
going through the process. Now, in order for this to work, you have to put it out there what you offer. Whether it's sclerals, myopia management, vision therapy, dry eye therapies, make sure it's part of your normal exam, part of every conversation you have. I talk about lid hygiene with every single one of my patients. Every patient benefits from it. Majority of patients need it. Number one, you get a more stable tear film, their vision is going to be that much better. They're going to wear their contacts. They're going to wear their glasses. Their vision is going to be improved. I can help them with that. IPL, home therapy, tear care, heat-based therapies. I can do this, okay? One of the keys to doing this and having the conversation, one, make it just part of your normal exam, what you talk about, what your staff talks about. Number two, get used to hearing no. When I was, you know, pre-optometrist, Nick Lilly, uh, I worked for a roofing company and I would canvas. And when I had no money in my pocket, I would knock on every single door, look up at the roof and say, hey, has anyone given you an estimate? And the majority of people would say, no, get off my lawn, get out of here. But I got used to hearing no. We are not even close to that, but I don't care if I give the best possible treatment plan for the patient. I'm always going to do what's best for the patient. I'm never going to have them do something that would not be beneficial for them, right? But I'm not afraid to put it out there. Not everyone can afford to do it, but you know what? It's worth every penny, and I have that belief. You sell what you believe in. I believe in this wholeheartedly, so I'll tell every single patient about it. You know, what the options are, what I think would be best for them. Whether or not they walk through that door is their choice, but I have a responsibility to tell them about it. Just like each and every one of us has a responsibility to tell a a patient about myopia management, about vision therapy if they have that need, right? Sterile lenses if they have an irregular cornea. If you're not putting it out there, you're doing them a disservice. You don't have to provide that care, but make sure you're letting them know it does exist. And please refer to our optometric colleagues. It does not have to be ophthalmology. Refer to each other. Get a good relationship. Hey, I really love vision therapy. You love dry eye. I'll send you, you know, my dry eye patients, you send me your vision therapy patients. There can be a way this works, but don't be afraid to send a patient to another optometrist, okay? Come up with those uh, agreements where they're not going to get glasses, you're not going to lose a patient. It can be done. But make sure you are putting your best foot forward. So like I said, the, the funnel, right? I talk to every single patient. Number one, I need to get volume. Talk to every single one of my patients about it. My conversation, my presentation is getting that much better. Hone your craft. Be better at what you do. Like I said, this is just my staff culture. It's incredibly fun. Every single one of us talk about dry eye. When I do my morning huddle, probably three out of the five days I do that morning huddle, I'm giving them some tip or trick about dry eye or letting them know how what they do is affecting the health of the patient. So make sure you're making this your culture. That's one thing as a CEO, the owner of the practice, you have complete control on. Remember, it should be CRO not just CEO, chief reminding officer. If you're not reminding them, they're not remembering it. So get after it. We'll have more office talk for you next week. Wear a 
where has the time gone? We are to the closing thought of the episode, and today I will leave you with this thought. If you want advice, ask for money. And if you want money, ask for advice. I mean, think about it. So stinking true. If you're asking for money, people think that's your sole purpose. And you know what? Let me give you a little bit of advice here and you can go from there. But if you're going to someone and you're asking them for advice, if you're truly, genuinely seeking their wisdom and you're passionate about it, and if they see something in you that like, hey, there's something here, this person has it, right? They have something more. You'd be surprised how many people want to help you get to where you're going. They want to be part of that journey, right? And I'm not saying that you should do this um, with an ulterior motive, but just inherently, if you are seeking wisdom, good things happen. And that may be in the form of money, that may be in the form of opportunities, but go in seeking wisdom of people that have walked the walk before you. And I think that will be, if that's your goal, you'll get further with that. That's how I took that quote. That's what I took from it. You may see it as a different way, but this was coming from someone that was dealing with profit equity firms, trying to get their startup off the ground. Not at all related to optometry, but I do think that applies to what we do. That's what I have for you. Dr. Lily out.